Happy Thanksgiving, and thank you for listening to the final 2022 regular season episode of Football on the 40. The Longhorns put on a clinic with the 55-14 beatdown of Kansas and avenged one of the nation's most embarrassing college football defeats of last season. But with a Black Friday morning game, it's time to quickly look ahead to a showdown with the Baylor Bears who come to town. And while we may wish it were against the Aggies this rivalry week, especially this year, this Baylor game is important. Texas has a legitimate, albeit difficult, shot at making the Big 12 championship game and a guaranteed Sugar Bowl appearance. And we think that's crazy and exciting all together. I'm Jake Robinson. Joining me are co-hosts Andrew Harris, Bowen Kai, and Kevin Mathis. Let's not waste any time. I'd like to jump right into the recap of last Saturday's game. Bowen, what are your takeaways? Yeah, it was a it was a great game. I'm not going to be super creative here. Winning is fun, and I really love running the ball well. I, I don't know that maybe the rest of the guys will have some more nuanced takes, but that's really what I saw. Just domination on the ground game, passing when we needed. It was great. Yeah, so th- that's that's really all I had. Kevin, what about you? What did you see out there? Same thing. We established the run early stuck to it uh we had an unbalanced offensive attack which was nice because we were heavy with the run Bijan obviously had an amazing game um he scored four touchdowns but could have had five i think one was taken away because of a holding call so he was totally dominating um i think roshan got a little nicked up he was out of pads in the second half so i was a little bit worried about that but sark said today that he could be back for senior day. Um, but Bijan's performance reminded me of a conversation I had with somebody at the tailgate before TCU that was interesting that I wanted to mention. I saw um, Matt Lang at my friend's tailgate. I don't know if you guys know who Matt Lang is, but he was the social media and marketing lead for the Texas Longhorns football program for like four years. Um, Herman brought him over from Alabama and hired his whole staff from Alabama when he joined Texas. So my dad and I were asking Matt, you know, about comparisons between Texas and Bama and about Bijan. And, you know, unsurprisingly, he had nothing but great things to say about Bijan. He said, you know, their staff would worry about Bijan because he never said no to anyone. He would go to kids' birthday parties, you know, was generous with his money and was just an amazing human being. So kudos to Bijan, man. I'm so happy for him and his great season and his health up until this point. Um, he, he deserved a good game like that on the road. Andy, yeah. yeah, definitely. He, he deserved it. And guys, I don't want to get too ahead of ourselves, but I think we might have the first offensive player at Texas to be drafted in the first round since Vince Young. So uh Bijan Bijan looks almost like a walk to be uh the first pick in the not first overall pick but first running back taken um and there's probably some debate if it's late first round early second but I bet I bet a team in the first round takes him um do you think there's any way we could you know find a a donor to maybe just like double whatever that salary would be and get him to stay another year (laughs) pull a ricky <laughs> maybe i i'd I mean, give it like a like a 10 percent chance that he stays for that 
Because he is Bijan. He's like a great guy. He's making a ton of money. He likes Austin. It's not out of the realm of possibility, but I don't. I think it's like ninety percent chance he goes to the NFL. I just think right. I, I'd be frustrated for him though if if he stayed, because running backs they have their shelf life. It's like it's so minimal compared to other players in the NFL. Yeah, like I, I want him. I want him to do well in the NFL and have a semi long career. But I just want to touch on the defense. Um, guys, is it time to owe PK an apology for his defensive schemes? Maybe, <laughs> maybe. And I was so hard on PK. I, I was looking at our just game summaries from the season, and we've only given up over 30 points twice. It's pretty remarkable. Like, we are legit at defense. Yeah. It might be Steve Patterson's doing, though, TBD. <laughs> Gary Patterson. The I former, hope it's not Steve former, Patterson. Oh, it's Gary Patterson. Oh, Gary Patterson. The former athletic director at Texas, Steve Patterson. <laughs> the worst athletic director ever. It's not Steve Patterson. But do you think who deserves the credit? Gary Patterson or PK? PK. I think PK. Yeah, you definitely have to. What's he doing different this year? Well, so he's more in sync with. So, like, secondary is more in sync with just, like, like how they are attacking, like, rush lanes. I'm not trying to get to, like, nitty-gritty, but, like, the way that they're defending the run is more in sync than how it was last year. Also, uh, got to credit Bo Davis with this. They are attacking the run slash quarterback differently than mm-hmm. they were last year. Um if you want to learn more about that, um, there's other podcasts uh, pro- that probably will break it down a little bit more. But um, yeah, I don't want to get like too in- into the weeds on this topic. Yeah, but- I I I think in I think in probably something for our listeners that is is something very tangible. Difference is I, I forgot who on the defense was saying this, but they like one of the defensive guys was saying that like last year. When they would huddle up, they would huddle up in different units on the field. And they said that this season, a change was that they would just meet as a whole group. So that speaks to like what Andy was saying, like everyone's kind of better on the same page, like not really like in, you know, in the business world, you talk about like working in silos, you know, and on the this year on the defensive side, they like broke down more of the silos. And so there's more you know, synergy, but that's also like a different, that. you know, business podcast. <laughs> yeah. I also think, I also think we, we quickly forget when, how bad it looked last year with the defense, but in 75 straight games at Washington, his defense never allowed more than 35 points. So the guy can coach defense. And so I don't know, maybe yeah. he settled in. I, I agree, Jake. And that's, I want to say one more point about the defense. Um, so I just want to ask y'all, out of all the recruits in the 2020 class um, that came to Texas, what do y'all think Jalen Ford was ranked? Man. Like, in the nation? No, no, no. Like, out of the, how many, 20? 20, 20, out of the, out of the like Texas out, recruits. Yeah, 20 recruits came to Texas that year. Like, what ranking out of the 20 was he? I'll say 16. Yeah, I was going to say 15. 15. 20. Hey. Oh, wow. He was the Wait. lowest rated recruit that came to Texas. He got he another kicker pick. that year, I guess. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, but that's what I'm saying is that our defense, they 
have been developed. And we have not been able to say that in a really long time. And that, yeah, that's it awesome. makes me really bullish about PK going forward and just a defensive staff in general. Yeah. He got another interception last weekend. My dude, he's, he's awesome. Jake, have you gone yet? What was your take? uh, I'll Yeah, I'll go. Um, So I watched the game. um, I was up with it was spending the weekend with my girlfriend's family and it was so nice. Um, They're a bunch of Aggies. And so uh, her grandma who I had just met had the game on in the background in like every room because she wanted me to be able to watch the game. So it was just really nice. And uh, um, so I was kind of like watching, but not really watching every play. And then it was so comfortable to just not care because we were up by so much. So it was nice. But I know it's been said a lot about Bijan. Um, but I did look back at some stats and through 11 games, Bijan has doubled his yardage total from 2020. And that just, and that was through 10 games. So pretty comparable stat. And that just shows you how terrible of a coach Tom Herman was, in my opinion, because he just didn't get very many carries. But boo Tom Herman. So. Man. Oh, one, one more thing in this Bijan Love Fest. I was watching Sark's interview from uh, Monday, and Sark was talking about how in one of Bijan's touchdown runs, he stopped paying attention to what was happening on the field because everyone on the sideline, all the players and coaches were like, oh, when Bijan made a cut on the field. <laughs> it was like a like a live highlight reel, and the team apparently was really enjoying it. So, man. So cool. Hopefully, hopefully you can run like that again this weekend and not get hurt. So keep it up, Bijan. For sure. All right. That's a good recap. Andy, Andy, take us into our rotational segment. So we're going to step away from the football field for a second. Um, this debate came up last week between our friend group, and we had some very passionate takes on this topic. So we kind of wanted to bring it to the podcast and um just going forward if um if y'all if y'all have an opinion on this topic please share with us in the mailbag uh we would love to hear your voice on this but i just want to kind of start a conversation whether or not you should celebrate christmas before thanksgiving or should you wait after thanksgiving jake i'll let you take it first okay so here is are my thoughts. And I'll, and I'll start it with this. Thanksgiving is one of the best holidays of the year. It really is. It's one of the best days of the year. Uh, Christmas is the best day of the year, the best holiday of the year. Few people would disagree with that. Why can't you celebrate them both? One play, you can run the ball. The next play, you can pass the ball. You don't have to run the ball every single play, which means you can celebrate Christmas before Thanksgiving, and that is okay. You can't run and pass on the same play. I am of the mind. You can't celebrate two things in the exact same second, no, but five minutes apart from one another, sure. Yeah. I don't like the overlap, Andy. I think after Thanksgiving, uh, you should set up the Christmas decorations and turn on the Christmas music, but not before. And I I like Christmas, but I'm very binary on this. There's Thanksgiving and then there's Christmas. Call me old-fashioned. There, there is Thanksgiving and there's Christmas, but why, why can't people who want to listen to Christmas music, like me, yesterday, listen to Christmas music? Why, how, why is that a bad thing? I mean, I don't want to dictate what you do, Jake, but um, that is yeah. my personal opinion. 
Bowen, Bowen, I want to hear your thoughts on this. I feel like I'm with Jake. Like, I like getting in the holiday spirit a little early. I feel like there's still room for Thanksgiving and like Christmas. I, I feel like if you like have to wait until after Thanksgiving, it really narrows the the Christmas celebration window. Cause then you're like a few days after Thanksgiving, you're like full and not really doing anything. And then if you wait until after to like set up everything, it's like you're already in December and then you only have a few weeks until Christmas. Just, I just, I just counted. Space. And if you started celebrating Christmas after Thanksgiving, you have 31 days to celebrate Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> That's not enough, Kev. The, the important question is, why don't you want to celebrate the birth of Jesus for an extra five days or 10 days or Jake, three months? We celebrate Jake, year that's... round in the Mathis house, Jake. <laughs> Jake, that so brings you... me to my point. Okay. Oh gosh, So there go. is a thing in the church called the church calendar or um, the liturgy calendar. And it's split up into different seasons. And before, um, before Christmas, there's the season of Advent uh, for people that don't know. And what's Advent for is getting you, is preparing you for the season of Christmas. Also is preparing you for heaven to come but um for our purposes it, it prepares you for christmas and when does when does advent always begin the sunday after thanksgiving so you know i'm not going to look at this from a commercialized perspective i'm going to look at this from the peers perspective of all and that is the christian perspective Meanwhile, the Pope listening to this is just nodding his head like, Dang. thank you for feel like I'm back in feel like I'm back in Sunday school and Andy's like in the first row of the class, <laughs> just dropping wisdom bombs. I, I just want to I just I just have to a little bit of rebut what Andy said there. Yes, the advent calendar, that, that's all correct. But the advent calendar didn't originate until after the United States of America put Thanksgiving on the third on the fourth Thursday of November. The advent calendar does not date back to 2,000 years ago or anything like that. Hang on. So hang on. If, if you claim to be Thanksgiving and they, they put the advent calendar because of America's Thanksgiving. Bone and Jake, lovers of Thanksgiving and Christmas, when do you start celebrating Thanksgiving? That's hard. I don't, I don't like have a set day. Just, just like when I just get one day. day. No, I mean, I feel like. I mean, yeah, I guess. Well, no, I feel like I, I start celebrating Thanksgiving when I come home. Like, when I am come home and then we're just, like, with the family and getting ready for Thanksgiving week, like, we're kind of prepping meals and stuff that we'll do together and prepping for the for the Thanksgiving day and, like, when to celebrate. Because we're actually celebrating – okay, this is this is becoming really, really deep or really long, but um, <laughs> we're, we're celebrating Thanksgiving early this, this year because we're going to be out of town on Thanksgiving day, and so we're just, like, planning, like – when we'll, what we'll cook and what we'll plan and stuff. So I would say like whenever I get home for the holidays. Yeah. I had two, two Friendsgivings last week. So at least a couple weeks. That's true. Friendsgiving is a, is a big, is a big thing as well. So that's true. That extends it. And, and a lot of people, I don't personally do this, but a lot of people do what they're thankful for every day of the month of November. Some people start at November 1st and those same people have their Christmas trees up. A lot of them. There's a lot of people that do some really funky things in November. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. <laughs>
yeah, that, that is true. Um, I just, one last thing I'll, I'll say is I don't think in general people give Thanksgiving the proper respect that it deserves. And as Jake started this whole conversation, he said it's one of the best holidays. I totally agree. I think some people treat it like it's, you know, President's Day. And to me, I I just, I can't get behind that. And I, I, I like to focus on Thanksgiving and just move on to Christmas afterwards. That's good, Andy. I, I think we should also take President's Day off. I think more holidays are better. That's the takeaway I got from that. All right, um, we're gonna... <laughs> We're gonna we're gonna leave it there. Um, yeah, listeners, um, let us know what you think. You know, leave us a comment on our Instagram post or or uh, or send us a, a message or something like that, and we'll we'll re- we'll read it out on our next episode. Um, we're gonna take a short break, and when we come back, we will be previewing the Baylor game. So stick with us. This Football on the 40 episode is brought to you by Hospitology. Hospitology is a weekly newsletter written by fellow Longhorn Blake Madden. It covers interesting, not boring stories at the intersection of business and healthcare, like why Amazon bought One Medical, and interesting health tech startups paving the way for the future of healthcare. If you want to get smarter on the crazy world of healthcare, subscribe to Hospitology today at workweek.com forward slash brand forward slash hospitology. And we're back. So we're playing Baylor at DKR on Friday this week at 11 a.m. on ESPN. Uh, after we're all recovering from our heavy day on Thursday, we can wake up. I don't know if there will be game day, but I'm glad of, of that time slot. I think it's a good time slot for a Friday holiday game. Jake, what are we looking at in terms of weather for Friday in Austin? So I do want to I do want to preface this. First of all, last week I said there was the wind wasn't going to be an issue. The wind was absolutely an issue. So it, it is a little bit difficult to forecast the weather many days in advance. We record these on Monday nights, so just just be easy on me if I'm very wrong here. But there's a lot of disagreement in the forecast right now. Uh, it does look like it will be in the mid 50s, so cool cool game. Um, there's a rain chance and some wind possible, but the rain chance is looking potentially significant i'm thinking this could be a very very rainy game if the trends continue but we'll see maybe not maybe it'll be dry that's scary because baylor's good in the trenches so if if the passing game is out of play i'm not sure how that works out uh before we get into game breakdown i'm curious is anyone planning to go to the game on friday are you guys going uh, so Mary Page and I are planning on going now. If it's like a rain event, like the Kansas State game in 2015, I don't know <laughs> if we'll go. But as of right now, we're planning on going. Uh, I'm going as well, or planning on going. My brother and nephew and his friend are gonna all we're gonna all go together um, between Thanksgiving celebrations. So I don't know. It would kind of be be fun to break them in with a with a rain game but i don't know if they if they'd like it that much yeah <laughs> especially if it's cold i'm not I gonna just, i'm I not gonna be to there about that kansas state game i just vividly remember my my fingers being so shriveled they hurt yeah that was not that was not ideal i won't be there this week 
Um, I'm going to a, a wedding of my dear friends, Tessie Nemit in Mexico. So I'll be watching the horns from different country this Friday. Nice. Warm weather, hopefully. Well, I hope we will all watch a win this weekend, but we do have, um, you know, a serious adversary coming into Austin. Baylor six and five for the season, and they're coming off of a, a heartbreaking loss against TCU last week in Waco. Um, Andy, can you verse us on how that game ended for the Bears? They were leading most of the game, weren't they? Yeah, so they were winning. Um, they were winning most of the game. Um, or they were, they were winning in the fourth quarter. Uh, TCU is known for coming back, and they they scored a touchdown with two minutes left, and um, failed on a two point conversion. TCU gets the ball back with under a minute left. Go, they go down to field. Um, and interesting enough, they run the ball like six or seven yards, I think. I, I forget how many yards it was, but it wasn't that many. And uh, they didn't have any timeouts left. And there was about 15 seconds on the clock. So uh, they had to rush their offense off the field, rush their special teams on the field. It was very smoothless. Or wait, <laughs> smoothless, <laughs> smooth, very smooth. Yeah. The play calling was a surprise, right? Yeah, the play calling was a surprise. The execution was very smooth. Yeah, um, yeah it's getting late, y'all. I, um, I remember, I remember one of you guys saying that um, Baylor should have substituted on defense before the field goal was kicked because they, they had the right to substitute and take some time off the clock because all the TCU players had exchanged so that the field goal unit could come out. And yeah. that potentially would have run the clock out. Yeah, they definitely should have. Herman, one thing Herman was really good at was doing that um, Was doing that at Texas. Uh, he, whenever he was trying to waste time, he would like intentionally sub players. And if Baylor did that, they probably would have won the game. But in the heat of the moment, it's hard to kind of think of those things. Yeah, I was rooting rooting really hard for TCU because I had like eight units on them to cover, and I want them to go to the CFP. Um, so I think their CFP berth TCU's is still alive. But I I lost a lot of money because TCU didn't cover, which was very bittersweet. We'll talk about that later in betting corner, I'm sure. Um, but like we talked about it against Kansas, we talked about it against. Um, Kansas State, I think, like we've been playing really well balanced offensive teams in the last few weeks, and Baylor is is the same. They also average like our last two opponents about 200 yards a game on the ground, and Shapen, their quarterback, looks to be managing the team pretty well. Um, Dave Aranda kind of scares me. I think his bald head is really, um, you know, kind of scary. We'll see what happens. Um, I, I watched. You scared of the bald head. I don't know why. He's just always got that angry, like scowl on the sideline, like like he could kill you like ten different ways. Um, but I, he's he's been in the conference what like four years now, three or less. Yeah. yeah, three three years. I think he's scary. Do you think he's scary, Andy? I mean, he coaches his teams well. This team, Baylor, this year has been like an enigma. So, um, but I mean, I think he's a good coach generally, but yeah. Um, yeah. We're favored by almost nine points. I picked two weeks ago that we would lose to Baylor. And, oof, I think it's going to be a close one. 
Do you have anything on the defense or, or the outcome of the game outlook, Andy? Uh, Baylor on defense is not very good uh, in comparison to last year. Um, I shouldn't say not very good. They're not as good as last year. So I think we will be able to run the ball against Baylor. Um, I do think Quinn's going to have to play a little bit better than he did against Kansas, um, against Baylor for us to win. Um, but hopefully Sark can scheme something up that's not too complicated, but allows Quinn to get maybe some short, easy passes. Yeah. I know we've been playing in the wind, but I've been hard on Quinn. I think it's been like five or six weeks since he has eclipsed 60% passing in a game. So Jake, with the the recent struggles with Quinn, I see that you're feeling confident enough to wear the Quinn hair during this recording. Um, Why why are you sticking with, with the mullet? after the recent performances and are you seeing anything from him that makes you think he's going to turn the tides and have a good game finally? Quinn is a leader. Quinn is our guy. The program is doing well right now. We won 55 to 14. I don't really care how many passes he completed. We won 55 to 14. So, you know, I'm good with it. We'll see. That being said, if we're losing in the second half, yeah, put Hudson in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> love it appreciate you breaking the game down with me andy i will be watching as will you guys on friday hope we get the w that would take us to eight and four for the regular season Um, real real mm -hmm. quick kev i want to ask all um before we end this segment will we have a game break breakdown next week meaning will we make the big 12 championship yep oh well the problem is Kansas State is 12 and a half point favorites over Kansas. I think Texas is going to beat Baylor, but I'm a little more worried about Kansas beating Kansas State, which both have to happen. What? Where's that game being played? So, Kansas, so yeah. Kansas has to beat Kansas State on the road, and we have to beat Baylor to make it into the Big 12. I mean, te- technically, it's a rivalry game. I guess Kansas State's kind of dominated it, but it's an in state rivalry. Anything could happen. Yeah. I'm surprised we're still talking about those scenarios. It just feels like we're not a good enough team to be in that conversation. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. That's that's true. We'll see. Next up, we've got betting corner. Bowen, can you lead us into that? Sir can, Kevin. All righty. We got betting corner up next. We collectively did pretty well this week. Jake, with a resounding first place effort this week uh myself came in second andy and kevin followed behind in third and fourth overall though i am still squarely in first place you can see by how much on our instagram at football on the 40 but yeah i've been if i can toot my own horn i've just been consistently just bringing the results and this has now become a run out the clock type situation Andy is in second, Jake followed behind in third, and Kevin this week had a pretty rough week, which I'll let him chime in in a second, but he's he's bringing up the rear in, in last place right now. Kevin, for our listeners, what happened out there this week? I lost all my bets. I had a perfect P, um, and it was, so, it was so tough. I forget what other game I betted on other than TCU. I was 
pretty devastated that they didn't cover on the road. So you had a Texas parlay. You had a Texas under and Kansas cover parlay or Texas cover parlay or something like that. Oh, that's right. So you missed both <laughs> legs of it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I double lost that parlay. <laughs> um, I'm not feeling good. You know, I'm scared for my mom to see that Instagram post and talk to me about it over Thanksgiving because she's been really hard on me about my financial decisions and college football betting in the last few weeks, like just being real. <laughs> so uh, this this is not going to warm her heart, but because I'm so far behind, I have to start taking some serious risks, um, and uh, that that's going to be that's going to be scary. So alrighty, I, we'll I can't see. wait to hear about it. It should be <laughs> it should be good. It should be good. All right, for this week's game, um, yeah, it was mentioned in previous segments. Texas is as of recording expected to win by at least eight and a half points. The over under is in the mid fifties. It's in, it's at 56. So nothing too special there. I guess it's a bit lower than some of the, our other games have been, but yeah, it's uh it's an interesting, interesting game for sure. I myself, am not taking anything on this game. I don't know if the rest of you guys are Andy. We'll start with you. Do you like anything on this game? Um, I'm not going to touch this game. So I'll let, I'll let Jake, uh, share his thoughts. First of all, I'm not in last for the first time in six weeks. So that's big. Um, thank you for your perfect peak, Kev. And also I hit three leg parlay. Well, two of the three legs and the fourth was, or the third was a push, but so that was good. When I bet against the horns this season, I am 0 and 1. I won't make that mistake again. All gas, baby. Give me Texas by 40 or at least 8.5 this week for two units. I don't I don't know if I'm going to touch this one yet. My heart says Baylor cover. I'm, I'm not ready yet. I'm not ready yet. What does the wallet say? Your heart, okay. your heart says Baylor cover? Uh, oh, my heart says horns win. My wallet <laughs> says Baylor cover. Man, I'm going to stick with that. I'm actually going to parlay that with something else that I'll mention later. Okay, yeah. sounds good. Go Kev is a sleeper agent. Baylor cover... <laughs> amount and parlay to be determined okay all right i like it um elsewhere around the league there's like jake mentioned there's tons of rivalry games out there well i think there's just traps in a ton of games that vegas has laid out um yeah andy we'll go back to you first are you liking anything that you're seeing out there for the rest of the league uh i am i am i uh i have a lot of bets so um man i all right just give them to me rapid fire and then yeah we can pick one or two to 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 highlight how about that yeah yeah that's that's good so i have three games uh this week that i will be betting uh and so uh tech money line um for one unit wisconsin cover for two units and three units on um the under for Clemson and South Carolina. Um, I have two future bets that I'll I'll share after um, y'all the rest of y'all go. Okay, sounds good. Jake, we'll go to you next. All right. It wouldn't be Thanksgiving if we weren't betting against AM. So I got LSU to cover AM for three units, nine and a half points. I think that's I think if LSU could score 20 points, they cover. So um yeah, I'm predicting an absolute blowout 
win for LSU over AM this week. It it may be a shutout. It may be like 50 to zero, y'all. I'm just just saying LSU is actually really good. Um, next I got Utah. Utah to cover 29 and a half over Colorado. Colorado has lost by more than 35 points against almost every ranked opponent they've played this year. So I like Utah for three units. And then uh, I also have a futures bet, but I'll save it for later like Andy. So my, la- my last thing is going to be a four-game parlay, four-game parlay for one unit. I got Arkansas minus three over Missouri, South Carolina plus 14 and a half over Clemson, LSU minus nine and a half over A&M, and Utah minus 29 and a half over Colorado. I will verify all that with you later, Bowen. Don't worry about writing it down. Let's move on. Kevin, what do you got? So I mentioned I'm going to parlay Baylor cover with something else. I also agree with you, Jake. I think LSU is going to beat the pants off the Aggies. So I'm going to parlay uh, Baylor cover with LSU cover for 10 units. I'm coming back. (laughs) (laughs) 10 units. I love it. I love it. Oh, my God. Probably. <laughs> that would bring me into the positive from way back. <laughs> that that oh that gosh. could that could win it honestly. Yeah. That that would be yeah. That Jake's right. I think that'd be. I think two minus one tens or they they give you plus two sixty four or something like that. So. Yo, that, dang. This one's this one's for you, mom. Gosh, well, I mean, I'm going next. I had my best prepared, and I'm not going to change it based on that Hail Mary, but I love it. I, I went into this week thinking risk mitigate, excuse me, risk mitigation, run out the clock. And I'm just going to stick with that. I, I all, I am also tailing the LSU cover. Um, I'm putting one unit on that against A&M. I also have one unit on OU covering two and a half against Texas tech. I don't know why they're only covered uh, favored by or favored by two and a half. I, I mean, I haven't really paid much attention to Texas tech, but um, I have them covering this week. And then I have one unit on the Trojans and the Fighting Irish over 63. I think that's going to be a, a shootout. And my last one is a player prop that I'm not going to be able to get into later this week. But I have two units on Deuce Vaughn, whatever his rushing total is. I'm taking the over on that. Unless it's like <laughs> astronomically high, I'm taking the over on whatever they give me on that. So that's my that's my slate. Okay, so we'll go back to Andy then for your two futures bets. I'm assuming it's it's got to be something maybe World Cup related or Championship Week related, but I have no idea. What do you got? What do you like out there? So um, it's actually three futures bets. I, I miscalculated, but um, yeah, uh, World Cup just started. Exciting times. Usually it's in the summer. Um, uh, EA Sports does like a simulation every world cup of who wins they've been right every year or every world cup since 2010 and this year they predicted argentina to win which would be really cool because i think this is probably messi's last world cup uh so yeah give me two units on argentina to win the world cup um i think it's plus 500 um caleb williams is um He's lighting it up. He killed it against uh, UCLA. I should have done this bet a week ago because his odds were way better. But he's still plus odds to win the Heisman. Um, If he plays really well and USC wins the next two games, um, I have a feeling that he's going to win the Heisman. So give me two units on Caleb Williams to win the Heisman. And then lastly, 
Um, I don't know if there's futures on teams to make the CFP. If there are, I would like to do a Caleb Williams Heisman parlay with USC making the CFP because uh, I don't think both of those don't. <laughs> I think they have to go hand in hand. If not, then just do a parlay of Caleb Williams in Argentina. So, oh my gosh, man, Bowen, you should be nervous with these 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 uh these bets. I know so many uh so many last last minute heroics. Um, yeah, I can. Lose, I, Bowen. I have one more futures bet too. For sure, yeah, give it to me. It's and it's gonna not freak you out because it's such a long shot. But if it happens, it'll be good. Um, <clears throat> LSU. I'm gonna I'm gonna put one unit on LSU to win the Natty. It should be about plus 3,500. They have two losses. They hear me out. Here's why I'm doing this. They're going to destroy AM this week. That doesn't matter. They're already guaranteed to play Georgia in the SEC championship. If they win that game, they're in the playoff because they're already ahead of Clemson and USC, the one-loss teams that would be passing them. So they're in the playoff if they, if they can beat Georgia. And I like my odds. If you're giving me 35-1 to 1 odds for a long shot like that, hey, I'll take it. <laughs> That mullet's got money. I like that. <laughs> All right. Wow. Lots of lots of creative bets out there. You know, going into the or after I heard all the bets, I was most nervous about Kevin's 10 unit parlay because I feel like that's actually within the realm of possibility. But then I remember that he's like really far down. So I'm like less nervous now. But Andy's <laughs> got some creative stuff out there and he's pretty much right at right at the starting point so what's, what's yeah, roughly should be, your, should be interesting what is the rough unit lead between you and i how many units are you up on me by 30 it's about 30 um, right? around there i think so around there but it, yeah. it would be 26 if kevin wins and bowen has a very equal or very average week yeah it's it's yeah. 20 it's 29.3 unit lead um yeah I also have to say this because when you look at the betting corner graphic, it looks like I'm 9.8 units behind Andy, but because of that Andrew picking Tennessee to win the Natty bet, we're really like basically tied. <laughs> I placed, true. I placed, I placed all my hope on a hooker. Did not pay off. <laughs> all righty. Well, dang guys, it's going to be a fun, another fun week out there. I'll make sure to get the bets in and Best of luck to all of us. Let's make let's go make some money. All righty. Well, then that rounds us out for betting corner. I'll also take us into our last segment here, mailbag. We do have quite a few mailbags this week because last week we were kind of talking about, you know, if we lost to Kansas, we were going to read out a bunch of things that were asking listeners like what's worse than losing to Kansas. So we have a few submissions there. And we also have a, a round of submissions from our good buddy Cayman um, chiming in from London. Um, he has a mailbag for each of us. So I'm going to read them out now. The guys haven't seen this. And so we'll just go into it. All right. First one is to Kevin. Let's go. Ke- Cayman says. From across Kevin, the pond. From across the pond. Nice. He says, write a Thanksgiving haiku. You have until Jake, Andy, and Bowen finish answering their questions to write it. And he says, to refresh, in case you're not aware, Kevin, with the back in the states a it's haiku pressure. is a three-line mm-hmm. poem that cannot rhyme oh i didn't know you couldn't rhyme it the I first line has five syllables the second line seven syllables and the third line 
five syllables. All right. I guess five, it's seven, five. Anyway. Deal. I will have that ready when, when All you right. call me. <laughs> okay. All right. Next questions. Next questions. All right. Jake, the next one is for you. And this is trivia, your favorite. All right. Here we go. And it's history. So oh, wow. if you get this wrong, whew, pressure's on. All right, all right, all right. Not Googling either. Which U.S. president first proclaimed Thanksgiving a national holiday? You're on the clock. Oh, gosh. This is tough. Well, I feel like I know this. Well, we can take it. We can take guesses from Andy too. Kevin's focusing, but he he seems like he wants to answer here oh, too. So y'all think sure. y'all think sure y'all think of an answer. Don't say it out. Don't say Wait, it. Wait, what was it? I'm counting so syllables. I wasn't paying attention. Oh no, you're good, Kevin. You 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 keep writing your haiku. <laughs> all right, you all right. focus up. This is this is Jake and Jake and Andy. We'll we'll give we'll give another uh, ten seconds because you know there's only a, a certain bank of of, of presents. Anyway. I don't know, but I have my guess. I'll guess I'll say it. I'm, I'm going right. to say Teddy Roosevelt. It was somewhere in the late 1800s or early 1900s. Teddy Roosevelt. Okay. And then, Andy, what is your guess? I'm pretty sure it's Lincoln, right? Lincoln. Okay. So this is very interesting. We may have to do a fact check on this because per Mr. Stark, his answer was George Washington. What? So what? No. back in the heyday day of the of our nation's birth so we may have to fact check this right it was 1789 george washington did issue a proclamation wow wow okay wow well you stumped that's cool you stumped the podcast host came in so thank you for your trivia question all right this next one is public thanksgiving and prayer nice all right oh but oh but President Lincoln was the first one to recognize it as a day of Thanksgiving. Let's go. So Andy so, gets yeah, half was, credit. Yeah, Andy gets there. half credit. <laughs> Already. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah, okay. anyway, that's fine. Nice. All right. So this next one is for you, Andy. Okay. Cayman asks, Andy, if you could invite someone famous, living or dead, to Thanksgiving dinner, who would it be? Um, okay. I, I'm going to take, I'm going to take Jesus out of the question because it's just like too stereotypical. Um, <laughs> oh man. Okay. Um, just like non-religious person. Um, man, this, this is so tough. Came in. Put me on spot. Not happy about this. Andy, yeah. I can I can read out mine if you want if you want a few seconds. Yeah, I I, I need it. What was Andy's right. question? I'm I'm finishing counting syllables. I want to try to guess it. Oh no, it wasn't trivia. Cayman just asked if Andy could invite someone famous, living or dead, to his Thanksgiving dinner. Who would it be? So it's cool. just uh, it's just an opinion. And Andy took off. Uh, he didn't say Nelson Mandela right point. off the bat. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right. I'm gonna give my I'm gonna give my answer, and then we'll go to Andy if he's ready, or or Kevin if he's ready. Um, or to my question, to my mailbag question. Okay, so so Cayman asks me, Bowen, would you rather eat Thanksgiving leftovers for an entire year or never eat a Thanksgiving meal again? That is a great question. Um, so I'm gonna give a two part answer. Okay, so if it's if it's like 
how I celebrated Thanksgiving growing up, I would rather eat Thanksgiving leftovers for an entire year. And the reason why I say that is because growing up every year for Thanksgiving, we used to have like a giant potluck at my church where like families would just bring dishes of all sorts. And so we would have it in our church gym and there was like all sorts of cuisines. I mean, so there's mostly Chinese food actually, but also some like mix of like some American Thanksgiving meals um, or dishes. And it was just like a whole thing. So leftovers for an entire year of that would be like just an incredible assortment of, of foods. Um, however, if it's like looking at, you know, usual Thanksgiving leftovers or like the normal, what you would expect Thanksgiving leftovers to be. I don't know if I could do that for an entire year. I honestly, this might be controversial, but I would probably never eat a Thanksgiving meal again. I feel like the stuffing would just, not only would I just gain like 40 pounds in a year, <laughs> I would just never be able to look at mashed potatoes and, and mac and cheese the same. You would, so you would get sick and you would gain so yeah. much weight. Anyone. Yeah. Would. I don't blame you yeah. for that. I, it is controversial, but that's torture. And if it's, <laughs> If you have to eat it the whole year, can you assume that it's always fresh in your fridge or is it like nasty after a few weeks? Kevin, I think we can assume it's fresh. <laughs> I don't know. Freeze you will die. Yeah. If you're, if... In April, you're like you're like eating like freeze dried cranberries. <laughs> Just I mean you that's... could eat you could eat some uh turkey and, and green beans and that would be healthy. Yeah. Another part of this yeah. is like if you had to do that for a whole year, you probably would never want to eat it again. So it's like, it's true. And in, in, in both scenarios, you lose yeah. Thanksgiving, enjoying Thanksgiving food for the rest of your life. That, that's a good, that's a really good point, Kevin. I think you, I think you cracked, I think you cracked it there. I think that's the, yeah. that's the meta answer. All right. Speaking of Thanksgiving we'll go, food, my haiku's ready. All right, Kevin, okay, we're going to go to you next then. Can I drop it? I love writing haikus. Thanks, Kevin. Okay. <clears throat> we're gonna we're gonna post this on our socials by the way we're gonna get some fancy lettering and sweet it's gonna be great All right, can you guys can you guys like snap after i'm done like a chill snap if it's good if it's okay. good <clears throat> tired after 5k turkey gravy brown water hayes first thanksgiving <laughs> wow tired after 5k is uh six syllables <clears throat> tired is one syllable tired no, that's tired. Funny. I count the tired. chin. Tired. Tad. <laughs> to say it like that. Tired after 5K. Tired is one syllable. Or else it's, my chin's lying. It's, it's definitely two syllables, but I love it. We're gonna Mary wait, no. Mary Page came in. Mary Page came in and she said tired. Oh no, she said it is two. So Kevin. It. It's wrong. definitely Google, two. It's Google, it's how many mouths. Google says it's only one. Let's go. Wow. Go That's Google what I'm talking says about. it's one. Okay, I sat here counting again? syllables for like five minutes. Can, can you do it because I missed it? Tired after 5K. <laughs> Turkey, gravy, brown water. Hayes first Thanksgiving. I love it. I love it. There's so much imagery, really, though. So oh. much imagery in that haiku. That was It was like a whole short story in a haiku. It's beautiful. You. It means a lot. Beautiful. All right, Andy, help us finish Cayman's um, last question for us, and then we'll move on to the rest of the mailbags. Great segment uh, this week. Okay, so uh, famous person, I not because I necessarily look up to this person. Um, 
I would say Andrew Jackson because I think he was like probably the most interesting like U.S. president that just no one ever talks about. Um, and like if the person had to like honestly answer the questions, I think that'd be really interesting. Uh, but Thanksgiving uh, under oath. <laughs> <laughs> That would yeah. be very, very interesting. <laughs> uh, I will say, though, I did. This came to mind. If it wasn't a famous person, like if it could just be anyone, uh, the first thing that like came to my mind was like my ancestors that like first came to America and like getting to talk to them and like understanding like their thought process and like why they wanted to leave Europe and like wanted to come to America because. I don't know. I just think that'd be really interesting to kind of get their insight. So if it could have been anyone, I would have picked them. All right. Nelson. I like it for sure. (laughs) All right. We have a few more. Thanks for y'all's patience. We have a few more and thanks for y'all's submissions too. Um, All right. This next one is a submission from Hans Jenkins. Hans says it's basketball season exclamation point. Very, very astute observation, Hans. And it, yeah, basketball season has gotten off to a, a roaring start. I myself had made some money on on the Horns' performance against Gonzaga. But yeah, uh, Andy, do you want to give give our listeners a quick um, recap of how basketball season's been going so far? Any recruiting news or anything like that, too? Um, yeah, we dominated. Um, we dominated Gonzaga. Last week, we won by, I think it ended up being 19. Um, just a great win. Gonzaga beat uh, number four Kentucky this past Sunday, so they're pretty good. Um, so definitely a really good quality win. Um, a lot of hope for our team. At the end of the day, it'll just come down to how we do in, in March Madness, but I think Chris Beard is a really good uh, March Madness type of coach. Um, and then, yeah, we've gotten a couple of recruits, Ron Holland, as uh, power forward that's coming next year, top 10 player. Uh, we got another four star, five star um, level player and AJ Johnson. He's a guard, um, really explosive to make the outside shot. So exciting times for basketball. We're doing well and um, hopefully we can keep it going. We're also ranked number four in the AP poll. That's cool. Yeah, we are. So um off to get get started and um i don't know um we'll just have to the big 12 it will be really good again this year so if we can yep. be near the top of the big 12 we'll have a really good seed in march madness for sure yeah thanks for that recap ken palm hashtag analytics has us as the number one has us as his number one team right now so pretty good all right um we just have a couple more mailbags to round us out um and they're from submissions on what's worse than losing to Kansas. So we'll go into those now. So Kevin McBrayer says, worse than losing to Kansas. To this day, the worst loss I've ever experienced as a Texas fan is the Tech game with Michael Crabtree. Pre-playoff era, we felt the worst of the BCS system getting shut out of the national championship. I'll never forget crying myself to sleep that night. 
Yeah, I mean, I think you're just going to get a lot of agreement here from you guys. <laughs> how, how old was Kevin McBrayer? I know. I was actually thinking about that, too. Because if it's like really wanna... seven years old, that's really sad. <laughs> yeah, I think he was. because he's, he's two years he's, younger than us. But... He's two years younger. That was... And then it was 2008. No, 2009. That's well, January of 2009, right? So that's 13 lost, years no, ago? No, it was January 2010. When we so he was like 12-ish. That's still sad. It's more sad yeah. that he's older than seven. I'm sorry about that, Kev. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. And Macy Morris, with our last mailbag, she says, what's worse than losing to Kansas, you ask? Losing to App State. Sad face <laughs> emoji. Crying face emoji. Our dear Macy is an Aggie. So I would probably probably agree. But I don't know about losing to Kansas twice. Is that worth I mean would you trade an App State loss for two Kansas losses? Yeah, probably say yes. yes. Yeah. Wait, and then Jake, she also oh, go, go ahead. ahead. Uh Jake, on a scale of one to ten, how diehard of an Aggie is Macy? I don't think I should answer that question on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> she, I tried to put you on the spot. She is a, she is a good Aggie. I'm not putting a number on that. Um, good Ag. Good Ag. I, I, did, I did see there are 13 Aggie. There are 13 members of her family, and all 13 went to A&M. So. Wow. Nice. All right. And then Macy's last comment, she says, also, football on the 40 is awesome and is exclusively the only sports podcast I will listen to. Wow, we we need to get that memorialized. We need to get that like hung up. I mean, that that's you can't ask for better feedback than that. Thank you for saying that. Thanks. All babe. right, and that <laughs> that that takes us um, to the end of our show. Um, thanks again for all the mailbag submissions, and as always, you can send them to us at footballonthe forty at gmail or fill out the Google form in the link in our show notes or our link tree in our Insta bio. I will hand it back off to Jake to close us out. Thanks, Bo. Uh, that brings us to the end of this episode. Um, happy Thanksgiving, y'all. We, we are thankful for you, our listeners, for, for listening to us and um, just tuning in every week. Question, will we be back next week? The answer is yes, if there's a Big 12 championship on the line. If not, we will be back in two weeks. So keep that in mind on your schedule. If, uh, if we win this game, we will be here with you next Thursday. And finally, I just want to thank Hamilton Lizer, our producer, for always producing this show. Um, but that's all we got for you this week. Thank you all for listening. Have a lot of food, a lot of fun family time, and uh, let's go horns on Friday. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you on the next Football on the 40. Hook em.